big issue. Uh, our emergency departments have seen an increasing number of people with significant injuries from e-scooters. Associate Professor Mark Putland is the Director of Emergency at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Yeah, Ruth. If more people ride e-scooters, does that mean you'll see more injuries? Uh, look, it's likely um, just by statistics, but I mean, there are, you've already had a couple of really good, diverse perspectives on the show, and the last couple were fantastic to hear because they both showed different sides of it. I mean, I, I, I've watched how these operate in a city that's set up for bikes and bike lanes and set up well then for e-scooters in Europe, and it was extraordinary how well they fitted in and how they didn't seem to cause the troubles we have here. Of course, I wasn't looking at what was coming in the emergency apartments, but um, just as a person on the street, they look at us and say, we're seeing, we, we, we have a very different sort of city here, so we, we need to think hard about how we make these things safe. It doesn't look like they're going away. Um, we've had to work hard to make cars and so forth safe, and we've, we've done an extraordinarily good job making them safer and safer and safer over the years, taking them down from the terrible road tolls we saw in the 70s down to much, much lower, much safer roads now. Mm. So it can be done, but look, we, we, every single day, and I mean actually literally every day, we see people with nasty life-changing injuries on e-scooters at the moment, and, and obviously we never saw those before because they were an odyssey. So can more. I pick you up there, Mark Parker? Yeah. Every day you see people with life-changing yeah. injuries from e-scooters? So we're seeing probably between 40 and 50 a month um, uh, of... I mean, these are significant injuries, so... Um, you know, significant life-changing brain injuries, uh, really nasty, nasty permanent facial injuries, um, uh, bilateral limb injuries, you know, broken wrists on both sides, broken hands, that sort of thing. But, the, I mean, the facial injuries are probably the, one of the, I suppose, the most uh, viscerally uh, alarming ones, just because we're talking about it, you know, we're talking about largely a fairly young cohort of people um, who, who are landing face-first on bitumen, and uh, you know it's it's pretty it's pretty hard on them, pretty hard on the people around them, and then just picking up the pieces after an injury like that. I realise the evidence might not be comprehensive, but as the director of one of the biggest emergency departments, do we know if a scooter is more dangerous than a bike, than an e-bike, than any other mode of transport? Do we know if it's more or less dangerous? It's. We're learning more all the time. We're, we're certainly seeing a disproportionate uh, number of e-scooter injuries, we think, but to get to work out the denominator of how many people are riding the different things, it's a bit tricky. But in proportion to the number of riding compared to bikes, I think we're seeing more. We're seeing a different set of injuries. One of the things about... We do see pretty nasty injuries on, on push bikes, for sure, and, on, and from cars. People have a way of falling off push bikes. There's a way that push bikes tend to fall. They tend to fall to the side more than straightforward. People do sometimes go straight into the back of a car or, or straight over the handlebars and, and go... I've gone over There's my a... handlebars. I've been doored a few yeah. times. I've gone over the yeah. handlebars. Yeah, and so that certainly happens. But there's something about the geometry of the e-scooters and that there's some crash test dummy sort of research groups doing work with e-scooters, both with, um, I think, with physical and also computer modelling and just looking at the geometry and what happens. And the difficulty is you've got a small front wheel, um, upright posture moving fast on roads that aren't necessarily or surfaces aren't necessarily well built for it and if that small front wheel drops into a pothole or hits a, one of those little middle speed humps or something uh, and the front wheel just stops well you you get sort of catapulted forward really hard and it's and, and look the, the things that make 
this worse, what we're seeing, are, are not, it's not rocket science. They're the same things that make anything higher risk. So it, it's alcohol and drugs on board. It's, it's late at night fatigue. It's having two people on a scooter designed for one. So operator um, error. Uh, well, yeah, look, it's operator error, but it's it, it's about building a safety culture, I think. I mean, it, it, you you if you look at motorcycling, mo motorcycling has is a dangerous activity, sure. It's a, it's also a wonderfully enjoyable activity, and there's a strong safety culture in motorcycling. So you will see people occasionally in you know thongs and a t-shirt on a motorcycle, and it, mm. but when real motorcyclists see that. <laughs> Uh, they look at it and just shake their head. You know, Can they, I interrupt, Mark? But yeah. Mark, um, if you own a motorbike, yeah. you're licensed and registered. If you're on an e-scooter, you can just yeah. you can download an app and you're on it in sort of 30 seconds Absolutely. or 60 seconds. That makes it harder to promote a safety culture, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's, there's so much to that. Apart from the fact that being registered means you're also... Paying insurance into the well, you're paying insurance into the system that helps pay for yes. the healthcare afterwards. But also, yes, you you need to do rider training to get that license. Multiple steps of rider training that that brings you into a into a culture of people. Um, you need to build up hours on the bike, which means you probably end up riding with other riders as as uh, you become part of a group of people who uh, expect something of one another. Um, and and that and that's what sort of creates that that culture, and it, and it becomes something. That you know, people can mm. feel proud to be part of, and I, I think that I think look. So I think we can build that with scooting. We build it a bit with cycling too. There's a there is a there, there's a few different subcultures within cycling, but but you know, within cycling, there is certainly getting there. the yeah. capacity for that. You're getting there, I think. Yeah. So we can do that with this. That's I think it's going to be part of the solution. It can't all be enforcement. We we do need to set rules about blood alcohol. We can build in structural things like time lockouts. Um, the, you know, that, that maybe the high ones don't operate after certain hours at night. Maybe uh, that, uh, we can build in mandatory speed caps on them. Um, and we can regulate things, but but it, it's hard for the police to be chasing everyone around yes. the city all the time. So we need to build a culture of, of sensible behaviour and accountability within the community of people using the things. I think. Let's hope so. Thanks for your time. Delighted. Cheers. Associate Professor Mark Putland is the Director of Emergency at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. It's nine minutes to nine.